The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating, thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie. Welcome to How Bitches Are Made. I'm your host, Rachel Melvin. If this is your first time listening, we invite you to listen to our introductory mini-sode, which explains the cycle of How a Bitch is Made, and helps you to further understand the concept while joining me on my journey of becoming a bitch. And I do want to remind everybody that this is a special season due to the coronavirus, so we are operating on a non-scripted format as opposed to our typical scripted format, and we're interviewing and talking to special guests who decide to be brave enough to come into my home. <laughs> and uh, we're welcoming back special guest Kevin Barrett this week. Hi, Kevin. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Rachel. Kevin and I fuck, so whatever I have, he has, and vice versa, so it's all safe. <laughs> yep, I'm here. I'm in it. I mean, and- in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the vibe of our show. Okay. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to be talking about why men love bitches. Um, There's actually a book by Sherry Argov, which is called Why Men Love Bitches. She also has a second book that's a sequel called Why Men Marry Bitches. If you haven't read it, I do recommend reading it because that was the book that inspired How Bitches Are Made. So, have you read it, Kevin? I have not read it. I had a I thought there was going to be a quiz and I was sweating a little bit. Oh, well, good. But we are (laughs) going to talk about why men love bitches because you're a man. Yeah, and we do. And you do. It's true. There, he answered that first question. I mean, I love you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. Okay, so we're going to get into the nitty gritty a little bit. Obviously, Kevin is one person, so he is not representative of the entire male species. I do. I talk to everybody. We're good. Like, (laughs) We're all on board, same page. I can, I can. I speak for all mankind. <laughs> I will say that Kevin is very masculine. You're very alpha. Oh. So it was very hard for me to find somebody like you who could out alpha my own alpha. Do you think I out alpha you? Mm, no. In a lot, of, in some ways. No, you have a podcast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, shame on you, but I will get you up to speed. Kevin and I met at Home Depot because we were both renovating Airbnbs out in the desert. I had a splinter in my finger and he was with our friend James, who's now our friend. He was just your friend yeah. at the time. And I was standing behind them in line. They overheard me. James took uh, that prick out of my finger and then... And gave a new prick to her. Correct. He definitely yeah. he definitely and tried to get me... Laid. <laughs> yeah. Actually, How bitches you're right. are laid. That's what it is. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. another episode. <laughs> no, he actually did. He really tried to get me to... I wanted to say date, but I think he did just try to get us to fuck each other for a while. Yeah, he's he's a good friend, you know? He likes to just kind of matchmake a little bit in whatever way he can. I don't <laughs> think he expected it to turn out like this, but... He eventually did because, okay, so the story, Kevin and I did not really go for each other. I had just come out of a breakup. I really wasn't looking to be in anything. Everyone knows that listens to this podcast. Um, I'm really good friends with Mark Kapka. He and I met on the set of Days of Our Lives. And one thing I always admired about Mark was in between breakups, he always took a very extended period to himself, which is something 
I never did. I went from relationship to relationship. I think a lot of people do that. They just try to cover up one wound with a new distraction. That doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very hell-bent at this point in my life on following in Mark's footsteps because it had been working for him. So um, then I think you and I matched on Tinder. We did, but I didn't match with Rachel Melvin. No, you can't reveal. Well, I'm not on Tinder anymore. I guess it doesn't matter. Are you on Tinder? But don't give away my alias. Get out the phone. It was under a discreet name, but had a very familiar picture of this girl that I had recognized. And I called her out on it. He did. Straight up. But the bottom line was, I was like, I got to that page and I was like, do I swipe left or right? Because like... Always right. He's my friend. I don't want him to be offended. So then I I swiped right. That's the way you swipe, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) and then it said we matched and I was like oh is he into me because I think at this point now I was like kind of coming around to the idea of dating again obviously I was on tinder and I'm I'm demisexual which I've recently learned as a term so that means it's very hard to get me into bed (laughs) I am glad I'm smart enough for you that's very (laughs) that's not what demisexual isn't it like isn't it like uh no uh, that's um, not demisexual. There's another deals term with for like it. the intelligence, like your yes. Yeah, demisexual, I think, their... is like you have to have an emotional connection in order emotional, to feel any right. sort of sexual attraction. Right. So, um, anyhow, we matched, and then there was one night where <laughs> uh, we were all hanging out, you, me, and James, and I got an audition at like 10:30 at night, and this was in October or November, so it wasn't even busy season. Yeah, and this I. Was a night. Yeah, yeah. And I straight up freaked the F out because I was out here in the desert. I was two hours away from LA and I had to be in a casting office at 10 a.m. And it was like 12 pages of dialogue and I felt so disrespected and I was so infuriated and I hate passing on things. And so I I just like kind of stormed out of the house and was like, I have to go prepare this. But the whole time I was freaking out, Kevin was just sitting in a chair with his, you know, fucking like a tranquil voice <laughs> he was all calm and he was like it's okay we're gonna figure this out it's all good we can help you do he was just no stress and i remember being like what the fuck is that person <laughs> it just was so foreign to me that level of calmness and it stuck with me and after that it was like you had planted a seed in my head and then you just started like becoming more and more attractive to me and then James and his boyfriend and I all went on this hike and I was like do you guys have any single friends you could set me up with and they both said Kevin and I was like I don't know about Kevin wait were you fishing at that moment no I really wasn't like I kind of I didn't think that you were into me so I was like I don't really want to get my hopes up to be disappointed but then and then they started talking about like how Ara's assistant had a crush on you and all their friends thought you were so hot and I was like is he really like you're very good yeah, looking? But I was. But you didn't. You didn't look at me in any <laughs> any way, shape, or form in the beginning. I didn't. So every time I was like a blob in the bottom of the sea. <laughs> it was nothing to you. So every time everyone was like, "He's hot, Rachel." Like my friend Levin was like, "You need to fuck him." And I was, and I was like, "Is he hot? I mean, I guess he's good looking." And then it just like slowly started to happen. And I was like, started to feel the tingling between my legs. And I was like, oh, I dig this guy. Okay, I got to get what I want. And then I made the moves. Did you make all the moves? I made the moves. You made a lot of the moves because I was in the exact same position you were. I think I was just a little bit further behind where I 
wanted nothing to do with relationship. I was not for it. My past, you know, I was doing the exact same thing Mark Hapka, you know, preached. <laughs> and I didn't know Mark at all at the time. So, uh, but yeah, guys do have a, you know, a certain set of boundaries to shelter their heart. Um, I guess everybody does. Interesting in that you say boundaries because mm. that is what becoming a bitch is all about. It is. Yes. Setting up those boundaries. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to let you finish, but we're going to circle back to that all in right, our baby. journey. Yeah. So the story goes, we were sitting in a hot tub and um, you told me at one point during our friendship to get out of my head, which is true. I needed to get out of my head. And then like... I forgot what I said to you. Oh, oh, because Levin told me, she's like, you need to be more vulnerable and like, just like tell him. She's like coaching me. And so I said to you, I was like, you just make me so nervous. (laughs) That's what I said to you. And then you were, you were really apprehensive because we were starting to work together and you didn't want to like shit where you eat. Eat where you shit? (laughs) Either one. I don't think you should do either at the dinner table, you know. And then I threw it back in your face. Shit where you sleep? In the bed. At least it'll keep you warm. That's true. (laughs) On a cold night. So then I had said to him, I go, "Um, you need to get out of your head. And then it was like, ding, that's true. And then we made out. But then, and I hope this doesn't upset you. Uh Uh-oh. I kept telling him that, like, I didn't want to sleep with anybody. The next person I slept with, like, I wanted it to be the last all this stuff. That was my disclaimer. And so we were like fooling around for a really long time. And then we finally decided to do the deed. Yeah. Fuck. We, yeah. We decided to fuck. Yeah. I love that I'm like, fuck, um, fuck, fuck. And now all of a sudden <laughs> I decide to be censored. Do I make you nervous, baby? No. Still? No, I'm just imagining uh, my mother listening to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Joyce Melvin. <laughs> yeah, she, she's... Well, I guess I should be more concerned about my dad if I'm being honest. But yeah. You know what? I think my dad wants to fuck you too. So it's fine. Bob. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He has a big man crush on on Kevin, and so does Mark. So does everybody. Hey, your dad picks out like some good tools, and I could be the best tool, you know. Oh, uh, by the way, boy. she's got a shed full of amazing like uh, Dewalt Milwaukee tools. Yeah, really yeah. Good Kevin's really into tools and building. Yeah, we like building stuff. So uh, we finally had sex, and then the next day, you were like, "Listen, I don't want to send the wrong message." Yeah. I don't think we should have done that. Well, I th- I thought I totally fucked up because I was so apprehensive. I wanted to step back. I did not want to be in a relationship whatsoever. So as soon as you told me that you wanted to, you know, n- not have sex and the next one would be like kind of the one, that scared the shit out of me because I was like, I'm not ready. I can't do this. Like, I would <laughs> rather not have sex and be friends with you and like, feel this out first because it's like moving quick right now and then it happened because you were making some moves you were a little bit forceful listen when i know know what i want i know i get it hey yeah you are a strong will (laughs) so what happened and i'm so curious now that we've been dating a while to hear your response to my opinions on this Mm -hmm. so i remember i felt so I don't know that betrayed is the right word because like you weren't that under my skin yet, but I felt deceived a little bit that I left because I was like, okay, then this is over and done. Like I'm not, I'm not sticking around like you've said that. And then you came after me and, and wanted to kiss me goodbye. And I was like, no, I don't kiss my friends. (laughs) And then, 
I'm actually, I think I'm being more dramatic right now in my recollection of the story than I actually was on the day. No, no, that was very accurate. Oh, okay, yeah, great. That was very accurate. Because you had said something yeah. to me that I that really triggered me. You had said something like, I want, oh, you said, I'm just looking for something casual. And I was like, fuck yeah. you, because you knew I wasn't. Yeah. That and, was a very awkward, confusing time. It was, <laughs> it was a sordid mess. So when you had called me the next day, though, you had taken all that back and explained in a very vulnerable, admirable, strong way that you just needed to take things slow. And I had said, yeah, me too. <laughs> See, but I was totally taken aback by that because I was like, wait, no girls are like this. Like that which I is know my of. point. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. is the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. You obviously know what my definition of a bitch is. I do. What was your definition of a bitch prior to hearing mine? I mean, I grew up from a very strong matriarchy. Uh, All the women in my family are bad bitches or good bitches, I guess. Badass bitches. Badass bitches, right. Um, I gotta get, I gotta get I the terms I love that down. you know not to say bad bitch because you listen yeah. to the podcast and know what that means. That's right, baby. Um, no, but I have very strong women in my family, so I was raised not to call girls bitches. So that initially puts that into, you know, a little boy's head that, oh, bitch is a bad thing, you know? Like, oh, you don't call them that. And a lot of girls, frankly, just don't want to be called bitches because they were raised the exact same way. So... Mm-hmm. I think in my head, bitch was a bad term unless it was like, bitch, that's cool, you know? Um, I learned that in my teenage years. Uh, So I guess, yeah, that was my version of bitch until I came across you and your version of bitch, which totally blew my mind. Blew your mind. That's right. So um, for those of you who don't know, bitch here at How Bitches Are Made is an acronym. It stands for being in total control of herself. I've also been playing with a a boss in total control of herself because I think that that is applicable too. But the whole theory on it is that it is used as a bully word to discourage girls from being a strong woman because strong women tend to be opinionated, outspoken, uh, assertive, and they are discouraged from being those things by being called a bitch, which, as you just said, we're all taught is a negative word. It's a bad thing to be. And it plays upon girls' upbringing in the belief that the only way we can succeed in life is by being likable. And if we're called a bitch, then we're not likable. So we try to avoid being called this. But we're always called it doesn't matter. So why don't we just embrace the term, redefine it, and use it as a term of empowerment? And that's what we do. Um, now I'm going to ask you, why did you listen to the podcast initially? Well, because I thought you were super cute and I was really <laughs> into you, if I am completely honest. Uh, but then I heard the first episode. You sent it to me before you ever released it. Mm. Um and I think you sent it to James first. And I was I like, sent it to James for sure. Yeah. I needed a gay man's approval. Right. And I was like offended. I was like, why didn't she send it to me? I wanna I wanna hear this. <laughs> like that was when I started getting into you and then, you know yeah. things were things were happening not with me involved and I was like, Oh, I wanna be part of this. What the <laughs> what the fuck? And I heard the first episode and I was shocked. I was like it was nothing that I expected from because like that like that night at Raven Rock, prime example, I had a vision in my mind of who you were. Oh yeah, based on me are. freaking out about the casting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I come from a casting background and all that and like it wasn't a big deal. Not not a lot's a big deal to me. But 
I had this idea in my head that, you know, Rachel was this typical actress, whatever. I listened to the first podcast and it hit me like, this girl is smart. She's strong. She's articulate. And she's fucking funny. <laughs> like, I thought it was hilarious. I loved the structure. I liked how she played out, you know, an entire scene as if it was like a TV show, the reenactment stuff. But then she went to the podcast commentary part, which is what I listened to. I listened to Joe Rogan and like a whole bunch of different, like more just one-on-one -on -one like we're doing right now, which is more my vibe for podcasts, you know, unless it's yeah. like crime or something like that. But yeah, your, your structure was totally different. And that just kind of got me hooked. And I wanted to listen to each episode, especially the titles of it. I was like, okay, all right, what's this going to be about? What's this girl got up her sleeve? Thanks, babe. <laughs> No, thank you. Um, there's so many points that I'm going to like draw all together. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being patient with me. I wanted to ask you, we talked about why I wasn't attracted to you in the beginning, but that wasn't one-sided. You also were not attracted to me. And it was part of, part of the reason was because of what you had just said. A aside from the fact that you had also just come out of a very difficult relationship. Was there anything else? I initially, like I said, in Home Depot... I saw you and I was like, oh my gosh, she's really cute. I am a single guy. Like, you know, it was, it was that initial just like lust kind of, you know, like, oh, she's cute. Like, I wonder what her story is. So you and wanted then, to fuck me? Not even. Oh. No. It doesn't have I to be always about be... fucking. <laughs> gosh, what is it with you girls? Come on. Give a guy a chance. But then we actually, you know, started becoming friends and stuff. And I didn't see you that way because I was in no relationship mode i mean i didn't even really want to go on dates or anything like that it was just too much work i i busy oh my god schedule. but remember when we were hanging out and you mm. you left to go fuck that girl oh yeah there was that time <laughs> there was that one time but then i came back i'd set up this quote-unquote date uh but you tried to tell me that you weren't going to hook up with someone and i was like guys come on i definitely went to hook up <laughs> i know uh but and I, then I was like, Kevin, I dodged it real quick and I came back. You did it, come back. I didn't know you were going to be over, first of all. That and is true. When you were over, I was like having so much fun with you guys. I was like, fuck, why? Why? God damn it. Why do I got to leave? I don't want to. But then. And that, course, that should prove something. Well, it did because my narrative was I was you. like, oh, he came back because he wanted to spend more time with me. Yeah, did. But at that point, I did kind of believe that maybe you hadn't hooked up with someone because you did come back so quickly. Yeah. But then, like, months I'm later... Really, I'm really quick in bed. Like, <laughs> real, real quick. Like, months <laughs> later, you had, like, brought that story up to our friend Yanni. And I was like, wait, wasn't that the night we made out in the hot tub? And you were like, was it? And I, I like, said, yeah. And you go, oh, go me. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Ah, fucking foot and mouth. <laughs> that was really funny, though. Okay, wow. I'm so sorry I keep, seg like, sidetracking like us. Yeah. What's um, okay, so it wasn't like a there. There wasn't anything personal. No, there was nothing personal in that. And I think I didn't realize how much I was starting to like you, and that scared me a little bit Aww. because we were in like a working mode, and you know I didn't want to screw it up because we we have big goals and like great aspirations, and any thought of that being fucked up, it's like. I want to be the bitch and just do my own thing and just stay the course and make my life right, you know? And, yeah. like, I, I don't 
want to screw it up by doing some stupid shit off to the side that's going to ruin relationships, you know, in our circle and our tribe. I think first impressions are such an interesting thing. I, when I saw your pictures on Tinder, because I'm like super particular with people's photos i have these rules i'm like if a guy's holding a joint if his shirt's off if he's posing with an exotic animal or a sports car or a girl with big tits hanging out like i'm not into it did i have all those i don't even know you have the picture with the elephant though oh yeah (laughs) but that was cute you could tell you were traveling but but i was like i can't tell if he's like a good guy or like a bad boy and it's so funny because i really did have this whole idea of the guy that i was gonna end up with and it was the stupid thing. Like, he was adventurous and artistic and sensitive, but tough. And he did motorcycles. And, well, he didn't do motorcycles. He yeah. rode motorcycles and all these things. But I, I actually didn't know that you did any of that until I got to know you more. And I was like, holy shit, I found him. <laughs> oh. um, anyhow, so I think I was a little bit apprehensive with you, too, because I didn't know if you were, like, the quintessential bad boy or not, because that is what I typically go for. And I'm trying as you you've... and every girl. What I know is that? every what? girl does. Yeah. Okay, so you had said a little bit ago that you were nervous to date because I had said, "Don't worry, it'll be chill and slow." And you've heard that before, and that's never been the case. So I think in my past I had been that girl, and this time I really wanted to correct the mistakes of my past. And part of the way I saw doing that was taking my time. Obviously, I wouldn't go into huge detail explaining that to you, but I do think what helped you trust me, aside from just my actions, was listening to this podcast. Yes, and that's the best part about a relationship and building like something together is at that time, you could have told me that you've gone through all this work. You could have told me your entire story, and it wouldn't have given me the same peace of mind as actually knowing you up to this point because I believe that that's exactly where you were at but Kevin at that time didn't trust it didn't believe it like I had my own experiences and I had to live through somebody that was genuine and you know meant it yeah yeah (laughs) I think part of it too was I have created this archetype of a bitch and one of the, the things that pisses me off the most is I had a friend this, that wrote this book that was all about organizing and living your best life. And I was like, you're the biggest mess of a human being I know. Like, <laughs> the how, most unorganized. How can people take your advice when you're not even taking your own? I think that is such like my own constitution within me that I, if I say I'm going to do something, I have to do it. If I ask people to do something, then I better be more than capable of doing it myself too. I mean, even think about our Airbnbs. We have, we have people that clean the houses for us. We've all cleaned our own. We know what the time is worth to pay somebody. We know what is possible to be done in two or three hours. I would never ask somebody to do a job I wasn't willing to do on my own. I think that's why I liked to know how things work so much. So I can empathize and also feel like I'm not getting taken advantage of. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. What did that have to do with the book that it seemed like it kind of went off? Okay. I was like, like, where are we going with this? Sorry. (laughs) Sorry to just kind of put all to the. No, the point, the point that I was making is... Was this girl not organized or were you not organized? This is why I need a guest on the podcast okay. to fucking keep me focused. Okay. No. 
I'm really good with ADD. I mean, (laughs) what I mean by that is when I put this podcast out and I was like, I'm asking women to be this bitch, this archetype. How can I ask them to do that if I'm not living as that archetype myself? So part of the process of dating you, it was kind of like, it was a personal experiment for myself too, is I wanted to learn from my mistakes and and not repeat things I had done in former relationships. So if I said I was going to take things slow, I needed to actually take things slow. And there were actual moments where I would get really excited to see you and then you would cancel on me and I'd just beat myself up about it and be like, he doesn't like me, the, all, all these things. And when I found myself getting kind of in that neuroses, I, I was like, okay, you need more time to yourself. You need to step back, take a break from him, like just work on you because you're not ready. And that was part of my process is I knew it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with me. And I didn't want to bring any unsettled energy into our relationship because I really believe half the reason relationships don't work is because you have two unhealthy people that therefore can't sustain a relationship because they're both bringing in pain that's not resolved or you have one person that's healthy and another person that's unhealthy and hopefully the person that's healthy has enough patience to make that relationship last but a lot of times they don't especially if the unhealthy person and it's hard to bear the weight of the world on you know that healthy person's shoulders and wait it out because who knows if it's going to work so I think my whole goal was really separating myself from you until I knew I was like fully ready to be immersed in it. And what I mean by that was I had really healed from all my own old wounds. And thank you because you gave me the time that I needed by being patient in that way. You had said something earlier too that I wanted to circle back to. You had said that, and I don't know if this is like an innate thing that guys have or if they just learn it before girls, but you had said, you know, we have boundaries. And that is another thing I preach with the, the most important thing and key into becoming a bitch is to have standards and boundaries and hold both yourself and other people to them. We have to take accountability in order to make any kind of change because you can only change yourself. You can't change somebody else, especially their behavior. Is that something that you feel like you've always had? This sounds so silly to talk about, but it really is a problem for girls, I think. Yeah, personally, I feel like I've always had boundaries. And I don't know if that's uh, being raised in the family I was raised with or if it is gender you know, specific. I do, I do think guys obviously are held to a different standard than girls. And in both ways, very negative standards. Because yeah. a lot of guys are raised, you know, you got to be macho, you can't cry, you, you're you the man, like, you know, you have to wear the weight of this and, you know, do the heavy lifting and all that. You got to have a good job, bring home the bread, that type of stuff. And girls are set to an entirely different standard, you know, to to be the timid, shy, to, you know, like... Appease. Be, appease and also be the peacemaker, you know. Submiss. Um... Submit. <laughs> That's there. It is. Yes, in a way, but like also be the be the calm. You know, n- I have <clears> never <throat> felt that I needed to be calm. Clearly. Well, that's why we're together, baby. <laughs> you a firecracker. So we defy those. Yeah. Why do you guys like bitches? I. Okay, so let's explore that a little mm-hmm. bit. So let's talk about girls you've dated in the past. Do you think that they were bitches? By my definition. Yes. I actually think that 
almost all the girls have been bitches for sure because it's not the vanilla you know it's not the boring it's they're strong independent self-starters and they they have a focus and a drive that they've always wanted to be did you feel they held you accountable for things that you did in the same way that i do uh not in the same way that you do but yes i was held accountable um how for different actions I think you got to stick to who you are, but understand when you're wrong. So I think I, I hold myself to a certain standard and I know when I'm right. I know when I'm not right. And you hold me accountable for when, you know, you believe that I'm not right. And a lot of times, if that's true, I will secede to it, you know, because I, I realize, wait, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not understanding you, you know, and the difference between our relationship and the past relationships was we were always on different pages. Mm. I did think I was I was in the right or I was, you know, in the right that it's not wrong. I'm not doing any wrong to anybody and I'm I'm bending over backwards and trying to understand your side. But she thought she was right in her way and she didn't understand why I couldn't understand. So mm-hmm. it was just that constant budding. And when you can't communicate like in a meaningful way, even if you're trying to communicate, it's it's not the right person for you. It's never going to work out. So when I pose the question, would you rather have somebody that you just get along with or somebody that you sometimes butt heads with? Oh, butt heads, for sure. And why? One of my first girlfriends, like long-term girlfriends, she was a very good girl, a daddy's girl, you know, um, very timid and tame. Not to say she wasn't a go-getter and exactly what she wanted. She was an actress um, and, you know, had had her own life and her own stuff going on. But she was very bland for me. And when there is somebody that has opinions, stands up for what they believe in, it is... Uh, attractive? Yeah. <laughs> is hugely attractive when somebody, like, you know, stands up and says what they mean and sticks to it i love that because there's so much of this wishy-washy stuff in relationships in general like i don't want to say that because they're gonna you know get hurt or um you know i don't want to do that because they're gonna feel a certain way like that's not healthy like you should put down your foot and say what you mean and what you want to do and if both parties understand that's great you know? Yeah. You can coexist and have different opinions. I always get frustrated when I have like political friends and they're like, oh, I couldn't date her. She was a Republican. Yeah, it's like, really, crazy. dude? Yeah, that's nuts. That is so annoying to me. It's for the same reasons you're saying. Not only is it a challenge, which is a turn on, it is what helps you grow beyond your own views and, and beliefs yeah. and lifestyle. And, and I think that's why... I, Kind of like in any sports or whatever. I'm not a sports fan, but like you always play with someone who's better than you. Just always challenge yourself. Like if it's in uh, business and sports and anything, any facet of life. That's why people say don't be, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, exactly. So you're always going to grow and build if you're, you know, with that challenge do you think it's important for people to take time in between relationships to properly heal a hundred thousand percent is that something that you typically do or do you are you the person that goes from one relationship to another no i always take time in between relationships that's just way more common with guys you know and i don't i don't think it was a something i thought about no i don't think it is it's it's you know 
me personally though we've talked about this i i'm way more emotional in that fact and when i am hit with like some emotional problem or like a relationship fight and stuff like that it hits me to the core like it'll drain me more than you know just swimming 20 miles you know in open ocean it drains me okay (laughs) and that'll take me out of it so i think after a breakup especially if it's like a long relationship like i'm done i'm done i'm spent i don't i just don't want to you know i need to recharge i think it must be because of what you just said about how guys and girls are raised differently you guys are raised to be tough and not really sensitive and show your emotions so you're not as well practiced i guess as girls because we're taught we can just be fucking emotional wrecks (laughs) right so it's like we deal with it i think more often in a more open shameless way yeah and girls talk to each other about it a lot more like guys don't have that outlet most time you know it's so interesting obviously as anything there's a great middle ground but that is that is a fascinating difference that i actually i think i'd prefer to be on the male side on yeah it's great just in this case because i think taking time between relationships is so important and i think I was even going to say earlier, and now I'm going to rescind this, but I'm still going to say what I was going to say, which is I think girls have a, det- have a tendency to feel more lonely, and that's why they, they need someone to fill that void. I actually don't think that that's it, though. I, I think either. it's what yeah. you just said. I think it's just that you guys get hit harder because you deal with it less often. You're not allowed to deal with it as often as we were, as we are, at least not outwardly. Therefore... You do take the time to grieve privately and heal without even realizing that's what you're doing. Whereas girls don't do that. We're just like, on to the next. It's like applying for jobs. We're yeah. just like, who's next? Yeah. And it, I mean, it definitely depends on the person. Though, of course, we're always like, talking in a general sense. Right. I mean, but Mark taking all his time, me taking my time. There, there are those just bros out there that, you know, they oh i'm getting the next piece of ass like uh, screw it yeah that that chick wronged me whatever you know I love it's like, your pro voice. hey uh, uh, but uh, that's not dealing with it at all either no it's not but those guys also don't have that built into them to yeah feel that emotion because they just don't give a fuck yeah and i don't think they're ever gonna have a healthy relationship possibly i'm no. not sure I'm so not the bottom sure. line is it's just really important no matter how you get there to take time alone yeah it's so hard to do take a step back and look at yourself yeah always always because again you can that's all you can do Mm. is control yourself and your actions and your thoughts but yeah i i do think spending time alone is key and you eventually come to really enjoy your alone time yeah (laughs) it's the best you would say then that you have seen only, correct me if I'm wrong, you have seen only positive effects of me spending so much time alone? Or do you see some negative effects of me spending so much time alone bleed into our relationship? Well, you want me to be completely honest? Obviously. All right. Um, <laughs> I love that you took the time to work on yourself and do that to, for our relationship because I think it's super healthy in what we're dealing with now because we both came into it. I'm, I'm just so happy that we both came into this at the exact time that we did. Well, timing's it was, everything. It was kismet. Like, we both were out of relationships for a long time and didn't want to be with anybody. And it happened naturally, which I never 
could have expected this happening. And this isn't how I saw me meeting my person, but mm-hmm. um, it's the same story everybody says. I didn't, I couldn't believe it. This is how it happened. <laughs> the one downside to taking time to yourself, I believe, um, and I'm going to say this on my behalf and what I see on your behalf, taking time to yourself is a very selfish thing. It's something that you're doing for yourself and trying to evaluate what your core beliefs are, what you want in life, and being selfish about sticking to that. Because I did that exact same thing. And I think you did that same thing also. And the burden there is that we can both be very selfish. And I do see that in you. I'm entirely selfish. That is no secret. Right. Yeah. But when it comes to relationships and stuff, it's... It is something, a give yeah, and take and everything. it's problematic, yeah. for sure. And I think that's on both our sides. Cause... Would you rather me have to work on being less selfish, or would you rather me have to work on being more independent? <laughs> no question. Middle ground, baby. Middle ground. No, if you had to pick one gun to your head. Yeah. Be selfish. <laughs> Definitely. Here's why, here's why <laughs> being selfish is so great. You and I do have independent lives together. Yes. I think that there are days like yesterday you were supposed to come over and then you called me and you were like, hey, plans changed. I can't make it. And there was about a two minute span where I was like, well, this sucks. And then I was over it. Whereas former me in a relationship would have cried maybe and been like, my night's ruined. What am I going to do? Yeah. But if I was, if I was a timid, you know, shy person like, oh, Okay, baby, I'll make it happen. I'll come no, home. No, I would I'll be hate there. that. Yeah. I'd it'd be absolutely too needy hate it. Or something. Yeah. Totally. 100%. Yeah. So if you're going to err on any side of caution, be independent. Yes. I think yes. is the moral. Be a bitch. Yeah. Okay. This is just <clears throat> something I wrote about the other day that I want you to tell me is it true or false? Men want to be needed, but they don't want to feel needed. Yes. That is true. That is true. So here's why I pose that question to you. Because I found that one of my struggles in between dating you and the the last one was I would find a lot of guys that were quote unquote threatened by my independence because I didn't need them to do anything. I could do it all on my own. So then I had to learn this, which I'm still actually learning with you. I I think this was like a a thing in the beginning is you would want to do things for me and I'd be like, no, 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 I got it. I got it taken care of. And you'd be like, no, let me fucking do it for you. And I'd have to be like, oh, okay. And it's like, yeah, you can cock my shower even though I don't need you to. Yeah. You also don't like to ask for help. I don't. You know, <laughs> this house could have been built way quicker if you hey, had some help. I did a kitchen renovation in six months. That's uh, pretty damn good. You did do a damn good job. Some people would say that's pretty damn yeah. good. Um, yeah. So I think that I stumbled like that's that's the key balance is... Yeah. It's, it's true. great to know how to do things on your own because if you're not here, I can take care of myself. But when you are here, it's great to like allow you to help me. Well, and coming from your question there, like guys want to be needed. Like they want to have purpose in your life. Like, and that's something that we are ingrained with. You know, uh, there's nothing that drives me more nuts than opening a door for a girl or something and them going, no, I got it sometimes just just walk through the door you know like let us let us be chivalrous because there's one thing if there's one thing i've heard a thousand times ah chivalry's dead no you're just hanging out in the wrong crowds you know yes it's true i've been accused 
I've been guilty of saying that very thing. And here's one thing I will comment on about feminism as a whole. Just because you're a feminist doesn't mean that chivalry cannot exist. The two are not mutually exclusive. And the one thing that I will remind everyone is feminism is about having equal opportunities. Men and women are not the same. We're different. We fucking give birth to babies. So if you want to hold that fucking door open for me, you go right ahead. And you know what? It's not even you. It's, I'll hold the door open for an old man, for my buddy, (laughs) for anybody. Just walk through the damn door if somebody gives you a nice gesture. Take it. Don't don't offend that person trying to do something nice. Well, right. And I also don't feel like you can complain about oppression and then not appreciate these small acts that recognize, like, hey... You have had it a little bit harder. Let me make it a little easier. Because that is, to me, what chivalry is, kind yes, of. It's not just sure. about, like, you know, courtship and all that other stuff. Right. Um, so we're going to wrap up by asking the pretty obvious question. I feel the answer is obvious anyway. Do you consider yourself a feminist? I am definitely a feminist. He is definitely a Equal feminist. opportunity. Um, now, because this is a horrible follow-up question. Oh. <laughs> There's two follow-up questions. I realize the order of this is not great. Okay. What are um what are some things you've witnessed women do that you feel is ultimately harming them when it comes to dating or maybe outside okay. of dating, whatever. I mean, uh, on the dating thing, you you said it a little bit earlier. Um, putting too much stake in somebody they may not know yet. Um, mm, similar to building. Yeah. Yeah, uh, setting up the expectations, putting that guy, that girl on a pedestal. The, the you, you said it just a second ago. You said that um, I was supposed to come over last night and I had to call and say, pl- plans change. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. And the old you would have started breaking down crying because you, you set that up in your mind that, you know, this this was the all or nothing, you know. Right. And I think a lot of girls do that. Um, I think you were telling me about a friend of yours that would do that same thing. Uh, she'd text him and he wouldn't text back. But then days later, you know, he'd be commenting on her photos or, you know, sending her a DM or something. And that screws with girls' mindsets. So by putting uh, the other person up on a pedestal, I think that's ultimately harming you because you're not being realistic in what you want out of that person, you know? Yeah. Well, I also think you're not paying attention to who that person actually is. You're getting distracted by this idea you have of them. And along those lines, look, it's something I had to learn over time. When someone cancels on you, even with friends, like it would piss me off when friends would do that, honestly. I had to learn like shit happens. You can't be married to it. You need to go with the flow. And like you need to have a a backup plan. And that's why I keep bringing everything back to having a strong relationship with yourself and knowing who you are and having your own life because... You, you even came over like a couple hours later today. Maybe it wasn't a couple hours, like an hour. And I was like, oh, cool. I have time to work out. So rather than being like feeling defeated by it, it's like, what can I do to capitalize on this time to better my own life that is within my control? Like, what can I do instead? Is there anything that you think women can learn from men or that men can learn from women? I think women 
understand but don't understand uh, what guys' brains do sometimes. <laughs> yes, uh, I was hoping you'd talk about this. We do have this empty black box in our brains. Um, is this what you thought I was yeah, going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we literally have a space that we can go where we think of absolutely nothing. Which is fucking, un- like, I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. But when I'm stoned, I can. Anyway, continue. We'll oh, okay. There. That brings you down to... That brings me yeah. down to guy brain. Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. Guy brain is a thing. And yeah. Uh, just like you won't understand guy brain, I won't understand your brain. You know, it seems like it fires a million, you know, uh, words a second. You know, I couldn't do it. I would go just, you know, bonkers. But that guy brain, when you're like, oh, he's not paying attention. Or he's Or you just zoned out or what? Yeah, literally gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were thinking about your rebuttal or this or that. No, no. I literally was thinking about nothing. So I've actually experienced guy brain. Here's how I will describe it to our listeners. Guy brain is very black and white. Girl brain <laughs> is just gray. Yeah. It's girls constantly have like an ongoing diatribe in their head. There is not one. Like I cannot imagine what it's like to not hear my own voice. I just can't. But recently we got, I feel like I talk about getting high in every episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Recently I got high and I was like, I told you, I said, oh, Kevin, I think this is what guy brain is like because I won't think about something before I say it. It just comes out and it comes out so black and white, matter of fact, crystal clear. And then I I hear it and I go, that was brilliant. (laughs) And it didn't even hurt to say. (laughs) You didn't over edit it, you know? No, it was just so... Like, sometimes I do think girls get hindered by their inner monologue, their ability to overthink. And I do think it's guys kind of have this weird gift of just being able to think about nothing. Just have dead air going on in there. (laughs) Just dead air. I do think girls, uh, they have a question in their brain that they want to ask you, you know. And I think they have five answers already lined up in queue, you know, of what we're going to say. Guys, we ask a question and we're asking the question yeah, most of the time. very, you know? very cut and it's dry. Very, yeah. And I think a lot of times, too, girls, when I say this, I, I always speak from my own experience. <clears throat> You've even said this to me that I preface things a lot, which I literally just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do it a lot. And I know yeah. it. It's, it's annoying to you. And you, I remember when we first started dating, you said I called myself out a lot, too. Mm. And I think that's also a preface. I think... Girls are so worried about hurting people's feelings because our feelings are hurt so much that we tend to talk around what we really want to just say and it would behoove us to just fucking say it. I think I am so direct because I've been hurt so much in the past. Like I did kind of, you know, pedal around the subject and didn't get to the point. And that's hurt me a lot. So I think that's why I'm so direct as well right oh, now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was something you learned. It was something I learned, yeah. Well, no, I don't think it was something I learned. I think it was always who I was. And then, like, all growing up as a child into, you know, early adulthood. And then it, I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to get in these, like, conversations. I was too tired to deal with, you know something that just wasn't going to go good. So I would pedal around it and then I just got used to pedaling around it, you know, because I knew it was going to be an argument or it was going to turn into a fight or we weren't going to ever come to a resolution because that's kind of how it always went, you know? So out of that relationship, I kind of went back to my roots and I was like, okay, Kevin, what the hell are you doing? Just who are you? 
Yeah, that's who you are. What the fuck are you doing? Fascinating. Yeah. Um, and, and so what do you think men can learn from women? Oh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> you need to teach us a lot. Um, I think the thing that men can learn from women is how to communicate with their own gender. Um, that's a huge problem guys have. Hmm. And it's whether it's talking to your father or to your best friend or a guy at a bar speaking in a way that they're on your team. Because guys don't do that. Whether, whether they are that bro or they are that hippie. There's one thing that I 100% respect about girls is they do communicate. There's a they, lot of things you respect about yeah. girls, but I know you Yeah, mean. but that, that one is like pretty cool because girls do bond together. If there is like a common evil, girls band together and they, they're there for each other, you know? And they, they are a listening ear or a shoulder to cry on like in so many ways. And guys, if there's a common evil... Each one of them's gonna try to one up the next, you know. Oh, I got this. Don't worry about it. You know, like I, I can take charge. I, you know, there's always gonna be the the leader after leader after leader, but they're not there for each other. And guys, it's okay to cry. Okay, it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, I'm lucky that all my friends totally able to be vulnerable with. Always have been. I got a good group. Right when I moved to LA as a, you know, 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid, like, I found my people so fast. Yeah, which you was... were so lucky. I just found mine within the last, like, two years. Yeah. <laughs> but you always had your tribe of girls. Just the entire race. Well, I've I mean, had a tribe gender? of girls. I think I have my tribe of girls yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is funny because that's actually the main focus of season two. Um, when we get back to the scripted mm-hmm. version, it's all about removing toxicity in your life to replace it with more positive influences. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up this episode by doing what we do every week when we're in quarantine. We are going to share some really fun memes again whenever we read you guys memes or feel good stories we post them on the episode details on our website howbitchesaremade.com so you can see them for yourself we got a couple fun ones this week that came from my friend mari who was on the podcast last week and my friend brooke who you might recognize from our episode miss americana and like uh okay so the first thing we got is the signs, meaning your astrological signs, what they are going to do with the $1,200 check from the government. Aries, they're going to get a full body tan tattoo. Taurus, they store it under their mattress until money is worth something again. Gemini, starts a pool with their friends to uncover the cost of any of their potential medical fees. Cancer, donates it all to the Humane Society. Leo blows it all immediately on a new handbag to hold their now empty wallet. (laughs) That's very funny. Virgo hires a life coach for two sessions and then in parentheses and incidentally becomes said life coach's life coach. (laughs) These are funny if you're into astrology. Libra buys one item from Goop. Scorpio pays for a comprehensive background check on each of their current crushes. That is also very accurate. Sagittarius. I'm such an actor. I was like, sag. (laughs) Sag. Fills a room in their house with sand to pretend like they're at the beach. Laura would totally do something like that. Yeah, James would be sitting (laughs) on the beach right now. Capricorn. 
uses it as seed money to start an organic hand sanitizer company. Aquarius, hey, could use it to pay rent, but doesn't because rent strike. <laughs> <That's so laughs> true. Pisces, Kevin, had a small meltdown about their birthday and forgot to file their taxes this year. Well, oh. that's not accurate yeah, for that's you. That's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I did we'll, forget about my birthday. Wait. You totally forgot about your birthday. I had to remind you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was like, happy that. birthday. And you're like, what? Yeah, that's next month. Um, okay, next one. This is a feel-good story shared by... It's at Feminism. Pads and tampons cost an arm and a leg sometimes, but I've never come across a single woman who wasn't willing to give me one or even three when I needed it. That's very nice. Girls stick together. There they you go. They got each other. Um, this one is very funny to me. This one is, was found on Instagram under the hashtag being a bitch. So very appropriate. It says this virus has done what no woman had been able to do. Cancel all sports, shut down all bars and keep men at home. (laughs) I think that's still one of my top favorites. The next one, actually, this one's pretty fucking great. This is one Mari sent me and it is from is from Mari. I don't know where it's from. <laughs> okay, so it's a picture of like a bomb squad trying to break down a door. And there are three guys and um what do you call those things that you bang the door down battering with? Ram. A battering ram? Yeah. Okay. So he's holding one and the battering ram says rent. He is labeled next month. Another sheriff is labeled utilities. Another one is labeled grocery. And another one is labeled healthcare. So they're trying to bang down someone's door. And then on the other side of the door, there's a Cheeto acting as like one of those chain locks. And it says $1,200 <laughs> that the government's supposed to give us. This one might be one you actually have to visually see to get, but it's very funny. The last two I'm going to share with you are videos they are gold. So one is called Teachers in 2026, and that was shared by at good news underscore movement. And it's this guy reciting all the different, he's doing a, a roll call in 2026 of all the names that have come out of basically a baby boom. The last one is a cheeky little video about all the different things you can do with your sex toys to keep yourself occupied and entertained. And the cover photo is of a woman holding her rabbit vibrator in a coffee mug. And it says, a rabbit style vibe can stir your morning coffee. So that's just a video that's a compilation video of all the different fun things you can do with your sex toys. And if you turn the rabbit up to full, it froths your milk. (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) Um, If you guys have a quarantine-themed meme, please send it to us or tag us in it so that we can share it on our next episode or future episodes. Um, That does it for this week. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. This is always so much fun, baby. It's (laughs) nice having a conversation, you know, with other people. (laughs) Listening. (laughs) Um, as always, you guys can get the latest on howbitchesaremade.com. Every Tuesday, we release a new episode for you of the podcast, and every Thursday, we're going to be posting a new blog post, so be sure to check both those things out. You can, of course, follow us on Instagram. We're at howbitchesaremade, and at Twitter, we are at habamtweets. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another new episode when we discuss... Are you ready for it, Kevin? I'm ready. What are we talking about? I actually outlined this. It's a real thing. What do you think episode four is? Ooh, I have no idea. How bitches get laid. Yeah, baby. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
Thank Get you out guys. the milk frother. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you back next week. Is written and produced by Rachel Malvin.